Welcome to Deep Tech 315. I'm Gene along with Doug. Our three topics this week are Google's Gemini model, second AMD talking a big game about the demand for their chips, and last, take two, the waiting game continues with Grand Theft Auto. We'll take it to the top and some point of perspective is Google announced, uh, showed a preview of their new Gemini product. They announced a Gemini Pro is now out in the wild. And uh, for as a quick background is Gemini is Google's foundation model. This would be similar to GPT from OpenAI, Cloud from Anthropic, and Llama from Meta, I guess Grok from X.AI. All of those are important to AI, of course, and it's been a waiting game. The previous model from Google is Palm, and it has not stood up well against OpenAI, but here we've got a four-minute teaser video that they announced, and they're going to have this kind of the prime version or the, the beefed-up version is uh, called Gemini Ultra, and that's going to be out early or sometime next year. And so I can say as Google investors here at Deepwater, we've been sweating this one, Doug, to, to wait and see what Gemini look like. The video gives you some optimism, at least, that they are still alive in the AI race. It felt like for a little bit, uh, maybe they had missed it. Maybe they were too late. Maybe they were too conservative. And uh, I think the video with Gemini, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. We should link to it here with this video. Uh, it's cool because it shows the power of the model and really what's... I think the incremental thing that Gemini is sort of bringing to the table is that it's natively multimodal, meaning it understands text, it understands images, it understands videos. And so in the video, they'll show you know a picture, for example, of a duck that someone was drawing. The model understands it's a duck, then they show it a rubber duck. It understands it's a rubber duck. And so it kind of gets you know, broader context and it understands, and I will, I will say understands in quotes because we could debate what that means for a large language model, but it sort of understands the world in a bit of a different way than the models that we're used to for now. Mm -hmm. And that, that multimodal piece, like you said, you can interface with it with text, with voice, with images, with video, like that is, is as you mentioned, it feels like kind of the breakthrough. And I was thinking, where does... Where does GPT-4 stand when it comes to the multimodal side? GPT-4 has some multimodal capabilities. And then ultimately when we see GPT-5, which OpenAI has sort of teased a little bit, who knows what the timing is on that. But I suspect that that will be natively multimodal. So it's a pretty fast follower game here. Makes sense. You got the leaders kind of leapfrogging, fast following. And we kind of think of it as Google is going to be one of the top three ultimately. And uh, and I think that they're the, well, the investments they've made since 2017, recall in 2017, they changed their message to Wall Street from being a, organized the world's information to being an AI first company. We used to count how many times they talked about AI on their conference calls back in 2017. It was, it was like 20 times well before it was in vogue. And I think we're starting to see some of the, the fruits of, of that labor and was delighted to to, to see it. And I think when uh, I think about Google, the investment more broadly is that there's this case that Google is basically going to kind of lose its, its, its presence because search is going to be everywhere with these different foundation models, allowing search to be inputted everywhere. And from our perspective is that Google still has the data of search for the last call it 20 years. And that should help inform them and help them kind of 
transition to being a, a place first. And, and from my perspective, it's when I think about this model and Gemini and the potential, it's just about getting people to interact more with Google. And then, by the way, do some search along with that, but just kind of increasing engagement. I've always felt like search kind of stands on its own in some ways against these large language models. I mean, the thing that these large language models are so powerful for in these generative models is creativity. It's enhancing creativity and it's helping humans build on ideas. I mean, search fundamentally doesn't do that. Search <laughs> answers questions. So a large language model could answer a question and it'll get better at answering questions over time if you want to know what the state capital is of New York. Um, but that's not, first of all, it's not a monetizable query for Google, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and second of all, it's not really that compelling of a use case. That's not Google's killer use case. I think Google's killer use case is you're looking for a product, right? You're looking for a service and then ultimately Google can connect you to do a transaction. We haven't seen it. I, in my opinion, at least we haven't seen how generative AI is going to play into that space yet. Now, maybe it'll ultimately start making recommendations for products and services. Um, we've seen some experiments actually on, on uh, Bing and GPT, uh, Bing GPT uh, that have been interesting. Like they actually just have paid ads stapled to the bottom. It's, a, it's not a good experience. It's not what's going to happen in the future. But that's what I think is still sort of unclear. Search is not going to compete with, you know, trying to write a poem or craft an email. It never, never was. But the question is, how much is GPT, how much are the generative models going to compete with that commerce angle over time? And that's still not clear. It's certainly in danger for Google, but they've got a, a pretty good place in the game now at Gemini. Yeah, my, my thought is just get as much usage on Google as possible. We estimate about 40% of queries right now are information related. That's going to be impacted by Gemini and and just get more people to spend more time on Google, more shots on goal when they want to do search. And like you said, is probably eventually it's a function of time before we start getting ads more native inside of these generative results. So um, I'm still, my money's still on Google that they're going to come out in a good spot here. Uh, we're going to shift to our second topic, which is AMD. They had an event. Uh, their CEO, Lisa Sue talked about uh, all the good things that they're doing. And I kind of feel like AMD has just been left out of the exciting part of the hardware conversation. It is an investment within our Deepwater Frontier Tech Index, the ETF that's uh, from Innovator, that we do have uh, AMD in there. And I'm glad to see that they're starting to show some strength and kind of increasing their potential. They're talking about more business that they're going to be doing with some of the hyperscalers here. And But as I listened to the, the presentation, I was still struggling with this concept of the CPU versus the GPU. And when you listen to NVIDIA, it's all about the GPU and that's the architecture that's best for AI compute. And, and here we are AMD, which I believe is more CPU related and they're selling a lot of those chips. So how should we, uh, what's your take on just kind of how the stack plays out? Well, AMD makes both. They make CPUs and GPUs. And I would say where they've come from was they were a left for dead company a decade ago. They were always the second run player in CPUs behind Intel. And they always were the second run player in GPUs behind NVIDIA. And now those worlds are somewhat coming together, I think you could argue. And that's sort of what the product was, or at least one of the products they announced yesterday, the MI300A. 
Uh, so is that a GPU? That, well, they have a couple products. So they have the MI300, which is a pure AI accelerator. And then they have uh, what they're calling APUs or accelerated processing units. It compete with NVIDIA's Hopper product, which is a, a GPU and a CPU sort of embedded together to work together for accelerated compute. Okay. Um, and so that's so one of the things they announced this product so, line to NVIDIA. They do. I mean, there's they're directly competing with NVIDIA with what they launched yesterday, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is, to your point, AMD has not been in this conversation as much outside of, I think, people who know tech and who follow AI, mostly because NVIDIA has probably 80 or 90% market share for accelerated compute for AI uh, in data centers right now. So, I mean, they're just so giant. They're so dominant. But I think the AMD product is strong. I think that the hyperscalers uh, and the people who are building, you know, large language models and foundational models, they want alternatives to NVIDIA. They just, even if just for diversity, Right. You know, and just to continue to have NVIDIA have someone on their heels to push the envelope, and AMD is doing that. Do you know anything on the pricing side? I was trying to get, you know, is there a pricing advantage to doing AMD? There's not a pricing advantage. I think the price is going to end up being comparable to an H100 wow. uh, from NVIDIA, which can run in the tens of thousands, the hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, the thing that I thought was most important though from the Wait, event. When you say tens or hundreds of thousands, is, it, is that for like a, a cluster of compute or? A single chip. It's a big price tag. They're not cheap. No, accelerated yeah, compute expensive. That's how you grow your business from growing 20% uh, to growing 200% last quarter and 300 this quarter over a, a, a three quarter period to take that off. When you're selling a, hundred, a lot of $100,000 chips, that helps. So uh, it makes sense. Uh, I interrupted you. I, f I forgot where we're going there. I think yeah, the bigger picture thing, though, that I think was important from uh, AMD's event was they were previously talking about accelerated compute being a $150 billion opportunity in 2027. They increased that number to $400 billion, So more than doubled their estimate for how big this market is. It's good for them. It's good for NVIDIA. It's probably good for you know everybody in the AI space, uh, given how much demand that AMD seems to be seeing to be confident to raise their numbers like that. And good for AMD stock this past week. It's up 7%. The NASDAQ during that period is up just over a percent. I forgot to mention, Google had a nice move on that Gemini preview, and it was up uh, 4% in the past week. As I mentioned, the NASDAQ up. 1.2%, which gets us to our third topic of a stock that's down 4% over the past week, and that being Take-Two. I don't know how long we've been waiting waiting for uh, the Grand Theft Auto, the next version. Is it Has it been a decade? It's been a decade. 2013, I think, was the last one. Okay, so 10 years. And uh, as it plays forward, what was the context? It got leaked out that or they had a promo video and, and investors started to fill in the blanks that it's not going to come out next year. It'll probably be 2025. The video, they announced they were going to put out a video to show the game. Uh, it came out a day early, right? And then, yeah, the context of the timing is sort of 2025. In my opinion, Later it's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter, though. I mean, this is the most important game, the most important title in gaming, period. It, it doesn't so, matter. That's the reason why the stock was down, that... It got pushed back. 
for fast money, yeah, but I'm saying from a business standpoint, from right. an actual cash flow right. that the company generates, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, a Still timing a of a quarter to me is is irrelevant. But you know, markets markets do what markets do. Uh, some people aren't playing for what the game's actually going to do; they're just playing for the announcement, mm-hmm. um, which is not what we're interested in. We're interested in like how good is the game going to be, and then even bigger picture. You think about GTA Five; that is a ten year old game. But it's something that the company has been continually updating over 10 years. You know, it went from just a game that you went and you paid $60 for at retail to GTA Online, which was this robust sort of ongoing living world that they kept updating with new content. And we're going to see that with GTA 6 from the outset. And that's what's really exciting to me is what does the new version of GTA look like with a more modern uh online experience bringing people together in this new world which will be set on miami and this is going to be by order of magnitude the biggest upgrade in console games and so exciting to you know it's still a ways out exciting to think that i suspect that take two shares are going to pull back here and then they start to move higher in anticipation of it maybe it it gets pushed back but like you said it doesn't that Delay doesn't change the reality. This is a big upgrade. Uh, Take-Two is taking a little bit of issue with this and kind of reminding investors this week, like we got more than just Grand Theft Auto. Don't forget about our other franchises. And I don't know. I still think it's all about Grand Theft Auto. I mean, it is, like I said, it's Grand Theft Auto is, I think, the biggest and most important title in gaming. Uh, some people might not agree with that, but it's sold 180 million copies since it came out. It's one of the greatest as GTA five uh, a decade ago, one of the biggest selling games in history. And this is going to be the biggest game launch in history. So they do have other great titles. I mean, they have a great sports franchise with NBA 2K. They have Red Dead Redemption. Um, so they've got, they have a good portfolio and they need to have a good portfolio. Every great gaming company does. But every great gaming company also has a lead title, and it's hard for anything to really compete with GTA. Well, I, I guess uh, we'll end with a question here. Well, the person uh, on this podcast who is most likely to play GTA 6, please raise their hand now. <laughs> I'll probably play it, but I, sure. I have I have kids now you know, that I didn't have a decade ago, so okay. my... Bandwidth for gaming is uh, far less than I wish it was. <laughs> understand. Either way, we're going to own a copy on behalf of Doug, Gene, and Deep Tech 315. Bye for now.